things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy with yours truly, Stephen A. Smith, coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find me wherever you can find your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to make this quick because I don't want to take any time away from my guest today for this podcast. There's a lot of talented people out there. And James Brown may have had that song, This is a man's world! But he didn't forget to remind you, yeah, it's a man's world, but it wouldn't be anything without a woman or a girl. I couldn't agree more. We all know what time it is. I'm a father with two daughters. I got nine nieces. Representation matters, you know. And you know one of the things I'm most proud of, that they all can turn on their television and see women holding it down in the world of sports. An industry women were previously shut out of. Just imagine an industry of broadcasting, particularly sports broadcasting, which is male-dominated. They weren't even considered for a job on the sidelines or in television studios. Veteran sports journalists is not something you usually accord a woman. But one name stands above the crowd. Her name would happen to be Hannah Storm. Not only did she disrupt the status quo in sports journalism, she took it over. She's covering everything from professional boxing matches to the Super Bowl. And she was nothing short of brilliant at it. And by the way, I apologize. I shouldn't use the word was. It isn't past tense. She's still doing it now. Thanks to her trailblazing career, broadcasters like Malika Andrews and Rachel Nichols and Aaron Andrews and so many others. And by the way, she isn't the only one to thank. I want to disrespect that. Robin Roberts is a matriarch. Pam Oliver is a matriarch. These women are outstanding. But where would people like Malika Andrews? Where would she be? Erin Andrews, where would she be? So many others along the way. Rachel Nichols comes to mind. Maria Taylor comes to mind. So many. Molly Karam. Let me pronounce her name. Karam. Because she always gets on me on first take when I don't pronounce her name right. List goes on and on and on. You just can't say enough about trailblazers. And when it comes to women in the world of sports, there's no one in my mind that should come before Hannah Storm. There's certain people that come on the air and the second they come on, it's just instant credibility. You know that the broadcast of that particular event or show is going to be credible. It's going to be solid, if not great. 
the low, the low end of the totem pole is pretty damn good because that's how gifted she is and she has been for decades. I've talked to you about her as a host, just a broadcast journalist extraordinaire, but she's added a couple of more titles. How about director and producer? How about game changer? All of that works for me. You don't believe me? Listen to her tell you about it. She's up next on No Mercy with yours truly in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? If you are a regular viewer of ESPN, there's no doubt you will recognize today's guest. She's well. She's a well-respected sports journalist with more than 30 years in the industry and a woman of many firsts. The first female host of CNN Sports Night. The first play-by-play announcer for the WNBA. And one half of the first female duo to provide commentary for the NFL's Thursday Night Football. She is also an author, philanthropist, and now an accomplished director with a six-part docuseries called Grails. When sneakers change the game. Currently streaming on Hulu, by the way. She's also my friend, my colleague, somebody that I affectionately and deferentially call the matriarch of sports television, the one and only Miss Hannah Storm. Welcome to No wow. Mercy with Stephen A. How are you? Do you like that introduction? <laughs> yes. I'm not sure I can live up to all that. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is well deserved. Before I even get started, I, I, I would just like to say to my viewers, my audience out there, rather, it's like, Yes, I'm doing a podcast right now. Everybody knows I work for ESPN and what have you. And all I can say is that I it, it's been years that I've been working at ESPN. And one of the greatest, greatest honors of my career, I sincerely mean this, is whenever I'm working with Hannah Storm, I think that you are absolutely sensational. Uh, you know, you've been doing such fantastic work for decades. And I speak to you with deference and reverence, as always. You know how I feel about you. So, when they talked to me about having you on the podcast, I said, yes, get her. Absolutely so. How are you doing? I'm great. I mean, I'm ex- so excited to be on your podcast. It's a total honor. Um, I'm a little upset, though, that I know that you're going to full video on January 9th. Yes. And, you know, because I'm on with you, I had to look, you know, pretty fly, like, you know, <laughs> right. And I'm a little upset that all of America can't share in, you know, our mutual fashion glory. But mm-hmm. other than that, I, I feel good. Well, and, I'm not in your class. I'm trying to get where you're at. I'm trying to get where you're at. And <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me about Grails. What, what yeah. is this docuseries about specifically and what made you want to decide to do it? Yeah, it's amazing. So it's about these two young uh, men, and you know, with all your work uh, at HBCU, so they won a national championship at Morehouse, a national Mm -hmm. golf championship. Uh, One of them uh, wanted to be a pro golfer, just couldn't get the funding to do it and had to go into business. The other became a teacher, one of the top teaching pros in the U.S., Again, though, uh, one of just very, very few black teaching pros in the Mm -hmm. country. And so he ended up kind of, you know, going to work for the mayor's office. Um, You know, he's from Delaware. And so one day uh, the guy who 
who wanted to turn pro and become a golfer who had redesigned all their uniforms at Morehouse because he thought they were really bad. (laughs) Always kind of artistic, right? Right. So he's, he's messing around and he designs this logo of a black man and he's swinging a golf club and he's got a gold chain going in the other direction. So he calls up his old buddy from the golf team and he's like, man, you know, I drew this. I think it's really cool. So his friend is like, throw it on a t-shirt and walk around and see what people say. So he did that. He walks around Detroit. He's got, he says like 50 people stopped him. Like no joke. Like who is that? Do you golf? What is that logo? What are you wearing? So they say, maybe we got something here, right? But they're both like in real life businesses. So they kind of convince each other. Let's print up some T-shirts. Let's put up some umbrellas, pins, lapel pins. They put it on a backpack and they literally just go to the PGA Merchandise Show, which is the Mm. biggest merch show. And they walk around and this Japanese company says, hey, you know, we'll order like 30 sweatshirts. They do it. They sell out immediately. Then it becomes a big order. And then they... They're really good golfers, so they start golfing, you know, in, in okay. like circles, like with people. So, you know, Chris Paul's brother, CJ? Yes. Yes, I know right. CJ well. Right. So CJ starts kind of golfing with these guys, right? Because they're like mm. really good golfers. They golf, you know, they they meet a lot of people that way. So CJ tells Chris Paul, right, kind of about their company. Okay. And they start meeting people through, do you know Sean Pekas? Costner? Yes, of course do I do. How can Pekas? we not? How, of course I do. So they had sent their business plan to Pekka. So then he starts introducing them to people, right? Like Dwayne Wade and, and you know, just, just you know, Victor Cruz, CC Sabathia. So all these guys kind of get wind of this like little golf company, right? With this amazing logo and this amazing mission to diversify the sport. So Jacob Blake is shot and the NBA is in the bubble. And you remember this day well, and they are like, we're going to stop playing, right? Mm. Chris Paul happens to show up for the games that night. This is before they decided, you know, to not play. Right. Wearing an East Side Golf sweatshirt, okay, mm. with the logo, right? This little company. So he's coming up with Russell Westbrook. They're, they're walking in, you know, walking into the bubble. That footage ends up everywhere. Mm. All over CNN, like like every news network, right? Because at the time, Chris Paul was head of the Players Union. So he was the guy who was addressing the media. So people are like, wow, what is Chris Paul wearing? You know, what, like, what is this? And it really kind of then started to really catch the attention of a lot of people, including Gentry um, Humphrey, who is the guy who ran Jordan brand forever. Okay. Right. right. And so anyway, there he's like, let's play golf. So they're playing golf. He gets to know the guys, blah, blah, blah. And they get a Jordan collaboration deal. The first Mm. ever, ever Jordan golf collaboration deal with these two guys with this Mm. tiny company, with this amazing logo and this really cool mission. So that's a really long answer to your question, but that Mm. that's what it's about. And it's about Jordan, the Jordan collab. And that's why it says when sneakers change the game. Yes. Yes. Because. Um, you know what a grail is, obviously, you know, it's the one that everybody yes. has to have. It's the, you know, like Mayer says, you know, the great secret collector is the one you give you like your, you know, left pinky for, right? Like right. It's, that's it. Right. But, you know, their grail, their holy grail is changing the game of golf. Um, mm-hmm. This white traditional game 
which, um, you know, they've lived that life and, and understand like how beneficial golf can be mm-hmm. uh, for people around the golf course just to do business. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, how many, how many times do you get invited to play golf? Right. That's true. And, and, you know, there's like a whole area uh, of business and relationships that can be made, but people don't have the opportunity to get on the golf course um, for, for a variety of reasons. But one of the barriers to access is actually fashion, if you really mm-hmm. think about it. Right. Like somebody might want to play golf, but they feel like, oh, I've got to I got to wear a polo. You know, I got to wear the khakis. You know, I got to look like I'm going to go out there. I'm not going to be comfortable. I'm not going to look fly. You know what I mean? And yeah. so like their way into golf is fashion, shoes, mm-hmm. getting their logo out, getting a platform to really talk about golf and how it needs to be much more diverse and has so much more work to do. But that's about them. As it pertains to the great Hannah Storm, how did you get involved? How did you how, how did you ultimately right. find yourself in the midst of all of this where, you know, you're directing and producing this docuseries? Right, right. And I'm like going to like Khaled's house, right? That's like, right. Hey, exactly. You know, I haven't been to DJ Khaled's house. I've been invited, but I haven't been to his house yet. <laughs> well, you should go. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, he's right. living um, well. Yeah, I've been there twice. I mean, I've been to, you know, shooting with Fat Joe and his stores. I mean, come on, you know, it's been been an unbelievable experience Um, sitting down with the founder of StockX, you know, Josh Luber's now a fanatic. I mean, it's been it's been incredible. So I have been directing and producing films since the original 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. So I produced one of the original 30 for 30s mm-hmm. um, with uh, Martina and Chrissy. Yes. Um, they needed a woman's film. Um, I started a production company when I left CBS before I came to, to uh, ESPN because I always wanted to kind of just control my own content. Like I wanted to be able to create something and own something, right. you know, because all yeah. my life I've worked for big companies. Right. Mm-hmm. But just to be able to kind of have your own company like and I have my own foundation, too, as you know, because you yes. supported me. Um, but, but that was really important to me. So I was like, you know, I had written a couple of books. I know like you have your book coming out and that's like really satisfying, you know, because right. it's something you created, but I really wanted to do content. So I created this company, came to ESPN. I'm like, uh, what don't you guys have? Like, I know you're doing this 30 for 30 thing, you know, right. what? And like, we don't have a woman's film and we don't have a tennis film. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Martina Navratilova. That's a good start. Absolutely. Without question. Like frenemies, right? Like best friends, but, but arch enemies. Then I've done several other films. Like I did a film with like Shaq and Dale. I did Cheryl Swoops. I've done Danica Patrick. Um, So I have this friend um, who was at uh, Def Jam for a really long time. Steve Bartles. He's a very prominent music executive. He's Mm -hmm. one of my longstanding friends. We live in the same hometown, right? He's like the second guy I met here. Right. So Steve and I always wanted to do something at the intersection of sports and music. Mm-hmm. And we had a bunch of ideas and we'd been pitching them out and talking to ABC news and, and, and we just couldn't like hit on the right thing. So finally, like a couple of years ago, I was like, well, what's the other thing people love universally sneakers, right? Mm-hmm. Love sports. They love music. Everybody loves sneakers. It's Everybody cute. loves sneakers. Everybody can get on board with that. Right. right. Exactly. They wear it with their suits now. And I'm one of them. And you're one of them, right? Yeah. And you, and you, I'm sure you're one of those people that when you're walking around, you look down and what, 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 yes. you know, what's on That's the right. feet? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Feet tells then, a lot. Yeah. I was raised by five women. 
You understand? And you are you exude style. So I see you walking around, and 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 if somebody comes in front of your face and the storm, and they don't have any style, the look on your face will be like, they, you know, they need they need some assistance. <laughs> yeah, I, like I hear you on first take. Like the first five minutes is devoted to fashion on this first right. take. In some in some capacity, I'm gonna get on everybody. Absolutely. It's now become like a referendum. Like if, if I'm on first take, man, I'm gonna have to think for weeks. Like, what am yeah. I gonna show up? There we I, go. Now, now I realize I gotta have the right nail polish. <laughs> that's right that's right that's right so yeah so like we were like ah and so when i said sneakers and steve bartles was like yep let's do it i'm like let's pivot right because we're not getting anywhere with sports and music let's think about sneakers because that can bring everybody together he's like i got this guy pecas you know he's like the sneaker like we got to bring this guy on board we bring pecas on board and he's like hey man i think i got i just got this like deck from these two guys you know like i got this business plan like i'm gonna send it to you guys what do you think and i'm like uh this looks great let's get on the phone and chat with them and they were amazing. They are amazing. When you see it, you'll just see what incredible like individuals these two guys are. They're totally authentic. They're totally focused on on their mission, and they're not like they're not deviating from that. You know what I mean? Like they're getting attention. They they have a lot of like celebrities on board. None of them are paid, by the way, mm. Stephen A. Right, yeah. and um, their like authenticity really shines through. This it carries this whole series. Mm. Hannah Storm, the director and producer of Grails, when sneakers change the game, right here on No Mercy with Stephen A. Smith. You know, when when and, and I love the fact that sneakers is used as the angle because it 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 transcends race, culture, everything. I mean, everybody is interested in sneakers, no matter where you go, who you are, what you're wearing, you'll find sneakers on everyone. When I when I think about sneakers, naturally, the name that comes to my mind is Michael. Jeffrey Jordan. I mean, that's what I think about. You, 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 you think about you think about Jordan. I mean, what do you think about when you think about sneakers? I mean, I think about Jordans. That's exactly that's right. what I think about. I do. And and it's funny, Stephen A, because in the first episode of this series, again, it's six parts, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know who's watching, right? So I have to explain to people about the sneaker industry. Right. I have to explain to people about golf and why golf has been. I have to, I have to tell them about the Caucasian clause in golf. Yeah. Right. I have to tell them about why golf has excluded people of color and how mm-hmm. that is historic in the sport. And I also have to explain, believe it or not, who is Michael Jordan and wow. what did he mean to the sneaker game? Because it's incredible. Josh Luber told me this again, the founder of StockX. He said, you know, he could wear a pair of sneakers. It has a 23 on it. And he said, he'll, he'll have a kid ask him, well, why does that, why do you have, why is there a 23 on there? Mm. Right now that seems incomprehensible right. to you and to me. And I'm sure after the last dance, like every generation, like we all know who Michael Jordan is, but what did he mean to footwear? And what is the ethos of the Jordan brand? Because really the Jordan brand of sneakers is here. Michael Jordan himself is kind of, here right Mm. he's doing his own thing right he's got he's got all of his interests and everything and then you have the jordan brand which is a part of nike right right? which is like also different from there's nike golf and then there's jordan brand golf that's right right so tiger tiger's nike golf yeah right 
Jordan brand, again, they had never collaborated with anybody. So two of the greatest ever. They earned it. They earned it. Yeah. Right. You put the Jordans on and you think you could do anything. Right. Yeah. You put the Jordans on and yeah, you think you can fly. Yeah, maybe. Right. But it's it's about it's like how it's a, it's your winner. It's about winning. Right. You got yeah. the mentality when you have your Jordans on. No so that's a really powerful brand. Yeah. Right. And then you put that with these guys that were really fighting. I mean, fighting for inclusion in their sport, fighting yeah. for young people to be comfortable playing that sport. It's a great combination. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Is that a big reason why you wanted to be a part of this. I'm talking about the inclusionary element because yeah. for those that don't know, this wonderful woman, Hannah Storm got the Hannah Storm foundation where she's doing so many wonderful things. This is a person and, and I've, and I, I, I've never told you this before, but any female that has come into the sports broadcasting industry and has come up to me to ask me for advice one of the first things I've said to every single one of them is, have you spoken to Hannah Stone? Yeah. <laughs> have you watched Hannah Stone? You understand? Because to me, you are the standard. It's just that simple. And I wonder, you know, especially because of the things that you've reported on, you've reported on football, you've reported on basketball, right. you've been an NBA countdown, you've hosted NFL, you've Super Bowls, NBA finals. I mean, you've done it all. You've done it all. And I've often wondered because I know how conscientious you are mm -hmm. i wonder how much of a role did that play in you embracing this because we know how golf has served to ostracize yes. folks who were not white from yes. their sport what role did that play in your willingness to embrace this project well that was everything mm. right i mean i'm not going to do a six-part series on somebody who gets a collab and becomes rich and famous like what, there's no heart in that. Like there's no social meaning change behind that. There's no, you know, what are, what are we doing? Like, that's okay. Like you can go on, you know, all day on any social media platform and see really rich, successful people. And you really see the end game of that. Right. And how they're right. Yeah. What they're doing, what they're buying, how they're traveling, where they are like, great. Like that's not, that's not inspiring to me. Well, unless I know their backstory, right? Right. So this is this is inspiring, right? And it's also necessary to talk about. Okay. And you know, it's fascinating because all of my other films have dealt with issues such as this, like Cheryl Swoops coming out. Okay. Yes. When she's an MVP in the WNBA. Absolutely. Well, that was like Danica Patrick as a woman, the only woman in NASCAR, right? Even the relationship between an older white coach and a young black star in, in Shaq and Dale and what that was like and what, what Shaq went That was excellent, yes. The David Duke incident, everything that happened, right? So like my, my projects are inspirational to people and aspirational, right? I wanna give you not only someone to root for, but to understand that everybody is going through something and we can't compare those situations, right? There's no comparison, right? To me being a, a woman and one of the only women in my business and all the things that I went through, there's no comparison between that and what like a, a, a young man aspiring, black man aspiring to be a golf professional, right? Mm. But yet, 
their collection, which is called Out the Mud, okay? And their feeling is everybody's got an Out the Mud story, right? Like everybody, no matter who you are, okay? And they're not making like their shoes for just young black professionals, right? They're making their shoes. They want their shoes and their logo. They want it everywhere. They want everybody to be able to relate to that, right? Because everybody has to be on board to make change. Like we all have to be on board. We all have to be on board to make change. I'm wondering how receptive has golf been to facilitating change, particularly in light of this docuseries. What kind of feedback have you and those guys, Earl Cooper, Olajuwon, how do you pronounce his name, Ajanaku? Anjanaku, yeah. Anjanaku, how how do you um how how receptive has golf been to all of this in your estimation? If anybody would know, it would be you. You know how sometimes you have to go outside the tent, right? Yeah. Like it's really interesting. So they have a deal with the NBA, a licensing deal. They have mm-hmm. one with Major League Baseball. They are working on one with the NFL. Okay, mm-hmm. they have been approached by soccer. Right. Mm. Professional soccer. Not golf. Wow. No golf yet. Golf doesn't want to change. I listen. Golf has to change from the very, very, very top. Yes. Without question, they're exclusionary and everything. Not listen, not just blacks. How about women? They've excluded women. It's everything. Okay. And and I'll just say that um, I have done of all the interviews we've done. We've done one golf interview and that was because of Molly Solomon woman, very well-respected woman in the business who runs the golf channel. She Mm. is, she is, she's, you know, she's the goat, right? She runs Mm. the golf channel, the Olympic. I mean, she's, she's unbelievable. She knew I was doing this and she, and I did an interview on the golf channel. Other than that podcasts, you know, magazines, um, not yet. Okay. I'm not saying that that's not going to come. But, you know, we we did a very, you know, delicate dance in this series. Right. Mm. We had to because we worked with PGA of America, the PGA Tour. Also, by the way, Jordan, um, you know, Nike, the NBA, like it was crazy. But um, but I do think that these guys, you know, they want to keep the conversations going. They very, very much want to be in the golf business, but they're going to get it done however you have to get it done. And if that's NBA players and baseball players wearing your stuff, great. Um, I will say that Luke Donald and Jordan Bramlett both were interviewed for this series and mm-hmm. they were they were great. And Luke Donald's a former world number one, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Jordan Bramlett, as you know, one of the few black golfers on tour, these guys are also sponsoring Wyatt Worthington. So their first golfer that they were able to make enough money to sponsor is, is Wyatt Worthington, young up and coming black golfer. But it's, it's, listen, it's, it's slow. It's mm-hmm. really slow. You if know? you, if we were to ask Earl Cooper and Elijah Wanajanaku, what exactly this specific primary goal in all of this would be, what answer do you believe they would provide? It would be to not have young people of color feel the same way that they did. And for them to have the desire, not just the opportunity, even the desire to play golf, this sport that they love so much that they know 
business deals and such happen on the golf course, right? They really, really want to, they, they want young people to be attracted to golf, to feel comfortable golfing, to love this game that they love. And it's incredible. The sport of golf is so lucky to have these two young men. They're not, they're, they're dedicating their lives to this, right? I mean, they could have gone, they could have been bitter. They could have been discouraged. I mean, there's so much they could have done besides leave their nice, safe business jobs Mm -hmm. and start a company from the ground up and be, and they are just starting to be, they, they're outspoken, you're going to hear a lot more. There's a lot more coming and it's coming fast because now they've got a bigger platform an even bigger platform because of this Hulu thing. And just wait, because they're, you know, if golf doesn't come around to them, you know what I mean? They're going to, you're going to hear a lot. Allow me to zero in on you because you're a woman of many firsts, as I started off this uh, interview talking about. But let me just throw this out to some people. First female host on CNN Sports tonight, 1989 to 1992. First play-by-play announcer for the WNBA, 1997. First female solo host in the history for a network sports show at NBC and their Major League Baseball games from 94 to 2000. Host of NBA Countdown, which I'm on now. That was on ABC. First female duo with Andrea Kramer to call an NFL game with Amazon Prime stream of Thursday Night Football in 2018. You've covered Wimbledon. You've covered the New York City Marathon, the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, the NFL Scouting Combine. You even covered Floyd Money Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. I was there with you for, for, for that one. As you, as you sit here in the year 2022, reflecting on you, not just what you're doing, but what you've done. How do you feel about you and the contribution you've made to this industry overall? Listen, I probably feel like, uh, you know, maybe in uh, 30 years, you know, Owen Olajuwon are going to be looking back and seeing kids of color on the golf course. I mean, just the fact that I, I honestly, every time I see a woman on television <laughs> that's doing anything with sports, mm-hmm. um, I just, it's super gratifying, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, when I came up there, just, I didn't even have any role models. I mean, they're just, there, there weren't women on TV, you know what I mean? That were doing sports. So I, my role models are kind of like the women that were doing the, you know, morning TV, which I did that too. I did news for, you know, six years over yeah. at CBS. And, um, so I do feel, um, I, I, I do feel like, uh, I don't know if pride is the right word, but I, I, I love seeing women in prominent positions um, mm-hmm. in our business. Um, at the same time, I feel like, you know, there's still a lot of growth in that area. Um, I'm really happy with the production side and what I've been able to do, but it is very, very, uh, very small uh, group of women that produce and direct in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I would like to see change on a large scale. Um, I'm really careful with the way that I hire, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and what my crews look like and, and, and all of that, um, to make sure that, you know, women and people of color have positions on that side on, in all of my projects. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
you know, it's still like very much a man's world, mm. you know, and, and everything that I do, um, I really fight for, you know, it's not in my contracts, you know, I go in as an outside production company. And so, so in some ways I feel like I'm fighting that fight over that I fought like to become mm. a sportscaster and have this long career. Sometimes I feel on the production side, I, I feel I have the, all those old feelings. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't have people that are my friends that come up and give me projects. Um, it just doesn't happen, you right. know? Um, so it's a long answer to your question. I appreciate you asking it. I feel like I'm always so much in the thick of things and I bet you can relate to this too. Yes. Maybe, maybe with your book, you were able to reflect, yeah. but, um, sometimes it is, you know, we just don't take time to think back on everything we've done. You know, mm. when I do really think back on it, I feel really lucky as a black man. I've often told black men on the come up, it's not just about what you do. It's about how you do it. It's about how you conduct yourself. It's about a professional presentation because you want people to do business with you. You got to remember, you have to bring something to offer them. You can't just come to get. You've got to come to give. And I'm often monitoring how folks are conducting themselves because to me, you shouldn't just be thinking about you. You should be thinking about those on the come up because how you conduct yourself may derail opportunities for others because some people might make assumptions that it's all one and the same. That's me as a black man, as a woman, as a woman in this industry, do you find yourself giving that same kind of advice to ladies coming up in the industry? Uh, if they ask, yes, right. yes. If they ask, and sometimes they do, you know, and I actually feel like I, I, if you can name probably, you know, most prominent female broadcasters that, you know, in the sports space, we, we probably have talked, you know what I mean? And had some kind of real heart to heart, whether it's about, you know, how to handle things, relationships at work, whether it's how to handle criticism on social media, whether it's. Uh, you know, um, I mean, any myriad number of scenarios, you know, even having a personal life, you know, because I'm, I'm married, I have three kids and I managed to, to raise three daughters amidst being in this career. That's another thing, you know, that, that women in you know, my line of work struggle with. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just, I try to be there. Um, everybody, you know, knows I'm here. They have my number, but I'll say with that on, on what you were just talking about, I think comes a lot of pressure for instance. Okay. I've done Thursday night football, not this season. I only did two games because of all the changes at Amazon. I did four seasons of Thursday night football mm. when Andrea Kramer and I, it was announced that two women were doing Thursday night football. You can imagine the reaction, right? right? like the backlash and she and I felt so much pressure not to six. I mean, obviously to succeed and do a good job, but we were like, if we don't kill this, if we don't do a great job, they're never going to ask anybody else to do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so that pressure is what I feel right. Mm -hmm. Like I, and also the other thing that I learned, and I'm sure you have too, especially with the advent of social media, because you and I came up, we didn't have to deal with that, right? Mm, we, we not at all. But with social media, what I came to understand, especially getting that assignment, was that people who hate you are going to hate you regardless of if you do a good job or not. They're just going to hate the thought of you. That's right. right. They just they just hate the notion of a woman calling 
NFL. I could be great. I could be Al Michaels. It wouldn't matter. I could be terrible. It wouldn't matter. Um, so that's another thing, you know what I mean? That I've learned to really just move past. And it's another piece of advice I give younger people, like, please do not engage, do not spend uh, any ounce of your emotional collateral and your time pouring it into this medium because you're never, you know, you're, you're never going to get everyone to like you, you know, it's just, it's just impossible. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. I, I, I get them back by saying, did you spell my name right? It's spelled with a PH, not a V. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's my way of telling them to kick rocks. I ain't worried about them at all. Before, before Hannah, last question. I want to get into the Hannah Storm Foundation. Oh, I wanted you to tell you. my listeners about that. What, talk yeah. to us about that foundation, that foundation yeah. what you've been doing, what you want to continue to do. Yeah. So I was born with a uh, pretty prominent birthmark. When I don't have all this makeup on, I, I look like somebody hit me in the eye. So um, it's called a hemangioma. I had a lot of surgeries as a kid because I had such a big, you know, birthmark right on my face. And, you know, insurance doesn't cover those. So when I had the wherewithal to do it um, after I left CBS and left news, you really can't have a foundation when you're in news. But mm -hmm. so I left that before I went to ESPN, I started both my foundation and my production company. So we fund surgeries for kids around mm -hmm. the world. Um, that have that are really disfigured by these vascular anomalies mm. and they're not covered by insurance because it's considered plastic surgery, which is a total joke in and of itself. Right. So yeah, we do we do surgeries for these kids. And then mm. you, who have been amazing, and all my friends, we do these celebrity waiter nights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been there. Absolutely. I got to come again this year too because I missed last year. I promise you I'd be back this year. So I'll be back. Well, you know, you're busy, but, um, but yeah, so we do this past year, we did 15 surgeries. That's a okay. lot. They're, it's major, uh, major surgeries with the top doctor in the world who does mm. it, Milton Weiner, and he does them out of Lenox Hill. And wow. uh, yeah, so it's, it's really gratifying. You know, it's just a, just a chance, you know, we, we all can do something right. Even if it's a small, our own charity, just, it has to be meaningful and personal to you. Mm. And um, I know you get asked to do a lot of stuff and I do a ton of stuff for other other people as well. But thank you for bringing up Hannah Storm Foundation because it's like super important to me. And it, it really does change change lives for these kids and their families. Well, anything that I can do for you, I'm always going to do. I've loved you for years. You've always been absolutely wonderful to me. Um, you do such great work. You're such a role model. You're so, you just do sensational work. And, you know, part of being at ESPN is understanding there's a standard that you have to uphold. Everybody's got their different personalities or whatever. But when it comes down to it, you've got to do the work. And you are certainly an inspirational role model to the highest degree. I've always, always admired you. And it's, it's just an honor to call you a friend and a colleague and the great work that you've done. And I'm loving this now when Sneakers Changed the Game. Grails, when Sneakers Changed the Game. Yes. Produced and directed by Hannah Stone. <laughs> yes. And right. produced. That's right. And produced. I said produced and directed. Yes, I did. I said it both. I said it both. <laughs> You're the best. Hannah, I love you, you so thank much. Thank you for always being a supporter. And it's Absolutely. an honor to be on your podcast. And when you go to video, you know, yes. have me back. In yes, I will. Yes, I will. Well, listen, I, I, I have you. I'm going to have you back because I need the ratings. I need the ratings. The fact of the matter is, I mean, you get to look at Hannah Storm. Every woman in their 20s is going to be like, excuse me, how am I going to look when I get a little bit older? Am I going to look like that? Yes, you might. There might be a little hope, a little hope for you. Yeah, you know, just, just, just hold on to it. Thanks a lot, Hannah. I appreciate it. Take care, my friend. Thank Take you. Care. No problem. My pleasure.
of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Thanks again to the wonderful Hannah Storm, one of the greatest ever in the history of sports broadcasting. Now making a name for herself in the world of production and directing with the six-part docuseries Grails, when sneakers changed the game. Because you're basically using sneakers metaphorically to sort of bring attention to the project that is Grails, led by Earl Cooper and Olajuwon Ajanaku. Two brothers that felt ostracized from the world of golf, that's trying to make a name for themselves and trying to clear an easier path for those to follow. It's not about golf. It's not about sneakers. It's about those two elements being used to equal the playing field of opportunity and inclusion. That's what this docuseries is about. That's what Hannah Storm said it's about. And that's what we should all pay attention to, especially coming from her, because as I've reminded y'all with my opening monologue, um, She doesn't touch something unless it's credible. I can vouch for her. I work with her. I've seen her work. I've seen her level of excellence and exceptionalism. I understand how demanding she is that the product put out to the public is received with affirmation and acceptance and embracing It matters to her. Anybody out there who aspires to be something in the world of broadcast journalism. And again, that comes in a multitude of forms. You can be a host. You can be a pundit. You can be a producer. You can be a director. You can be the owner of a production company. Make no mistake about it. You want to listen to her again if she asks. And I so appreciate the fact that she added that element if they ask. Because a lot of people ain't receptive to listening. They're receptive to the tutelage and the wisdom and the experience that others can drop on them. In fact, in today's day and age, you've got folks resentful of it. One, they think they know already. Two, they're thinking, who the hell are you to tell them? Three, instead of appreciating, listening to what you have to say and listening to what wisdom you're trying to drop on them. They're like, how dare you even try? And all of a sudden they start questioning your intent. So she's right to say if they ask. But even then, are you willing to listen? That's something that we have to pay attention to. But more importantly than anything else, you heard what she said. They're doing deals. Earl Cooper and Ajanaku, Olajuwon Ajanaku. What are they doing? They're doing business with Major League Baseball. They're doing business with the NBA. They're doing business with the NFL. Golf itself has been the one sport that hasn't been receptive. In this day and age where we, I mean, we've got the Cambridge Dictionary changing the word, the definition of the word woman. That's the kind of stuff that's going on today. We've got schools. I think I read something about Stanford and, and, and you know what? You got to take out divisive words and one of them is American. 
We got stuff like that going on in our society where people are being forced to be more inclusionary than ever before. To embrace everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Xenophobia is trying to be wiped out. Racism is trying to be wiped out. Misogyny is trying to be wiped out. Everybody's making a conservative effort. No more homophobia. No more transphobia. None of that. None of that whatsoever. All of that's supposed to be wiped out. Yet and still, golf is able to be exclusionary whenever they want to. Don't y'all find that a tad bit odd? I know I do. Now I don't know the details. Not pretending to. Gotta look that up. But on its face, don't y'all find that a tad bit odd? I do. Either way you slice it. Change comes with provocateurs of change. People who have the courage, the commitment, and the know-how to provoke change. One of those people clearly is Hannah Stone. And we thank her for it. Not just today, but in the months and years to come. Because I got a feeling that she's going to have an impact in ways that people don't realize. Remember I said that. I'm usually not wrong about these things. That's it for today's edition of No Mercy. As always, I appreciate y'all listening in. Remember to catch No Mercy every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also remember, wherever you can find your free podcast, also remember that as of January 9th, No Mercy is coming to video. I'm no longer restricted to just the audio stratosphere. You can catch me on video now. I mean, I got my watch my outfits and make sure my hair is combed and all that good stuff. But I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Thank you again to Hannah Storm, the wonderful Hannah Storm. And remember, Grails, when sneakers change the game, is currently streaming on Hulu. This is Stephen A. Smith about to sign off, reminding you as always. You don't have to know sports to know mercy. Peace and love, everybody. Until next time, I'm out. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts. Guess who's got a memoir coming out, ladies and gentlemen? Yours truly, Stephen A. Smith. It's entitled Straight Shooter, and it's available right now for pre-order. I have signed these books, just so you know. So you can visit straightshooterbook.com to order your autographed copy today. In the book, I talk about my life before ESPN, growing up in Hollis, Queens, New York, how sports proved to be my salvation. I talk about some of the mistakes I've made in my life and my impact on the world of sports. The book is called Straight Shooter, and it's written to help motivate you to overcome setbacks that maybe prevent you from reaching your dreams. So go right now and order your autographed copy of my memoir, straightshooterbook.com. Don't wait. It's entitled Straight Shooter. Check it out. Don't miss it.